Welcome. This is a safe place. Why don't you make yourselves comfortable and have a seat on the couch? This is not quite therapy. Are you comfortable? Hell no, I'm not comfortable. Hey, Brian. Hey, Chrissy. Tell me, how does that make you feel? I don't want to talk about it. Is it going to hurt? Oh my God, this is awkward. I'm not qualified to give advice here, but... Can we sit this close together? This is Not Quite Therapy with Chrissy and Brian, a how-to-do brand show about divorce, dating, and single parenting promised to be packed with awkward moments, insights from a couple cuties with absolutely no professional credentials, but plenty of life experience, and intense sexual innuendo. Yeah, so much sexual innuendo. Are you ready, Brian? God, Chrissy, I'm going to need a drink. All righty then, let's get started, shall we? Are you ready, Ryan, for mm. our last episode? You say that. It's our last episode, and I'm not going to lie, I'm a little sad. I'm a little sad about him. I I live in an alternative reality where you're going to call me again in a month and we're going to do another one. Yeah. That's what I think. It's fun. <laughs> I enjoy it. I just, it like, is don't, fun. You know, it is fun. I feel like, and I feel like since I want to continue and you're saying it's over, I feel like I'm basically getting fired, but that's okay. I've been fired before. Well, Brian, it's 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 time. It's run its course. Divorce has run its course. So she's divorcing me. <laughs> we can't talk about it forever. Mm. We can't talk about divorce forever. So today, we're going to bid our listeners adieu. Perfect. But not before we make them laugh. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe make them think a little bit. Best case scenario. <laughs> like, maybe. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Today's show, we're going to focus on the future. Mm-hmm. Focus on our hopes and our dreams and our desires and our plans. Right. For our personal lives and for what we hope for our dear listeners. How appropriate, given that it's, you know, a, a new year. I know, right? And, yeah. Everything came together perfectly. So we get to send everything off in a hopeful way, forward looking. Right. A lot of our show has been reflective and now we're. Yes. The next frontier. This, or is, whatever. A, this is a break from the news. If you're watching the news and you're sad. No, watch. we're not talking about the news. Enough of that. Before we get all sentimental and finish our thing off, let's make a drink. Is it hot in here? Are you parched? I'm parched. How about a drink? How to Do Cocktails is brought to you by How to Do Life, a podcast about, well, how to do life. You can listen to How to Do Life right here, where you're hearing us now, or find them on any podcast app. They are literally everywhere. And here's our disclaimer. How to do life right means drinking responsibly and moderately. A drink is not a necessary component to intimate conversations like the one you're about to hear. Here, here, announcer man. Yeah, but it sure doesn't hurt. Um, Brian, you told me that you wanted to make a drink that was springy yes. as our drink. But I did not know what that meant. I just had this like, you know, it's a season right. of renewal and right. new things. And, and I all really that. liked that because I liked the idea of renewal and growth and love is in the air in spring. Right. Hope springs eternal. So I was on the verge of Googling what are spring drinks, spring cocktails. And you and said you had to a fabulous me, idea. You said, well, what do you think? Of, like, what's a springy drink? And I said, you know what I think of? I think of the Kentucky Derby. And I think that's of... A, that's a May? May. Yeah, yeah, first weekend in May. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. you know, I think, I think of something kind of light and refreshing and, you know, like something you would, you know, like they do the mint julep on Derby Day. Right, which is a classic and a yes. favorite of mine. But the day before the Derby is the Kentucky Oaks. And the Oaks is um, a race for three-year-old horses. They do that the day before every year. And the signature drink of the Oaks is the Lily. Excellent. Did you know that the Oaks is the most highly attended American horse race after the Triple Crown races? 
I had no idea, but that makes sense because the people are there sort of pre-gaming for the derby, which has got to be the biggest, right? Right. Yeah, that makes that's logically sort of makes sense. So, what are we drinking today then? This is a you. I had never heard of this drink, but you said Lily, and so we were both sitting in in the in traffic. I think when we had this conversation on the phone, and we raced each other to Google to figure out what exactly was in one. Yeah, and you were pretty close for the one like who only had a traffic light amount of time. Yeah, you did yeah, a yeah. Good job. We were there. We were neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Two horses in the home stretch, so to speak. But the Lily is freaking. It looks delicious, and I was almost going to confess to having a sip before this. And spoil the surprise. I think but you just did. Maybe I did. But so it's it's um, vodka, and I won't get the measurements exactly right. But did you use Tito's? I did not. I used uh, Rika, which okay. is uh, Icelandic vodka, because that's what I had at the house. Yeah, yeah. And we've had it here before. Yeah, we have. Um, so I use, it's vodka, cranberry, orange liqueur, which I used Cointreau. And some people say you can use triple sec instead. And then other people even said you could make it a little bit more more something and Quan- use Grand Marnier. Quan- Cointro? Cointro? I listen. My Frenchy Spanish is bad. Hang on. Here's the bottle. Um, Cointro, C O I N T R E A U. Cointro, Cointro. I Whatever. how do you pronounce that? One. That, that mm-hmm. one. Um, it's orangey and delicious. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit of uh, a dash of simple syrup and a little bit of lemon and uh, cranberry juice, and it is uh, pink and light, and uh, it looks delicious. So let's, let's taste it. Let's find out. Mm. Oh, that was close. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And you can tell, like, it does not taste boozy. But they, No, it's, it the, tastes like fruit punch. Yeah. Um, it's got, it's got, it's going to pack a punch. We're yeah. Gonna, we're gonna, by the end, let's see what happens, It's folks. got, like, two ounces of, uh, it's called for an ounce and a half, but I think it was a little heavy on the vodka. It's got, like, basically two ounces of vodka in it and another half ounce of the Cointreau, Cointreau. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to put you down pretty quick. Especially because I haven't eaten yet today. Like, mm. I've had two sips of it and I'm a little like, all right, <laughs> let's, let's let's get going here. I'm going to say that that's an error in judgment. <laughs> I think it is. Before we before I, we started today, can we can I tell you about the conversation we had on the phone? Sure. I asked Chrissy to stop and get ice because <laughs> the studio we're in didn't have ice in the freezer. And uh, I said that um, I stopped at the liquor store on the way here. And in the past 12 months since we've been doing this, <laughs> if it's been 12 months. Not even. Not even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have purchased more liquor before 11 o'clock in the morning <laughs> than I had in my entire collegiate career. Right. I have bought vodka and bourbon and gin and Cointreau and mixers. And you and also have expanded your home bar right. as such. I, I did not have this Cointreau, Cointreau before today. And now I've got a bottle to take home and I'm very excited about it. Very nice. I'm going to be Googling other Cointreau um, cocktails to make. But yeah, the, the lady at the liquor store definitely thinks I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. I saw a meme that they were like, you know, you think we have problems today. 20 years from now, the country is going to be led by people who were homeschooled by alcoholics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Alcoholism is not funny. But no, it's not funny at all. These are funny memes. <laughs> The Derby and the Oaks were run later in 2020 than ever before because of COVID, which made me think that those were the oldest horses to ever run those races. Because it's supposed to be It's an age window. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they delayed it. 
So I thought that was interesting. I know, and, I know, as a sporting event, I know less about horse riding than horse racing than maybe any other sporting event. Yeah, I know more about curling than I do horse racing. I know about the drinks that are associated there with the go. horse racing <laughs> and the cool hats. Yeah, exactly. And I know that when you go to the Derby, if you're in the infield, that's where all the crazy party people are, and then the Millionaires Row is where the like the fancy people are. Right, right. And I'm not stands. sure who has more fun, honestly. Yeah, I mean, if you're in the infield, you probably have a more fun hour. But uh, I don't know. That's that's tricky. Well, thinking about horse racing and the Derby and all those kind of fun things that led to us drinking the Lily made me think of a funny question. And let's talk about that funny question in foreplay. Perfect. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy. You want to fool around? Uh, what are we talking about here? Like first base, second base? <laughs> Yikes. I don't think that's what she meant. This year, the horses of the Kentucky Oaks, as is standard in horse racing, had some super amazing names. Okay. Horse names are great. We had Swiss Skydiver. <laughs> we had She Dares the Devil, all one word. Okay. It's like a Wi-Fi password. Uh-huh. We had Tempers Rising. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Derby had such fabulous names as Finnick the Fierce. Okay. King Guillermo. Which is my favorite name ever. I wish that I had had a Spanish husband so that I could have named my child Guillermo. I think I love that. I think you could have named any old kid Guillermo. Guillermo. Call him Gil? No. What do you call a Guillermo for short? You call him Guillermo because it's a great name and you never short. Oh, you know what? My um, college roommate was Cuban and his uncle was Guillermo. Mm -hmm. And they called him Bill because I think Guillermo was. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) uh, I think they called him Bill. Because it was like William, the Spanish derivative of William. But there anyway. was a horse called Tis the Law. Tis, well. Tis with a Z, T-I-Z. Oh, there you go. There was one called New York Traffic. Okay. My foreplay question for you, dear Brian. Oh, Jesus. Is if we, if this show, <laughs> were to own a horse, <laughs> what would our horse's name be? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right now, I'll be blushing idiots. Yeah, no, that's not a bad one. That's not bad. I like that. I figured it would end up being something filthy. I thought, actually, <laughs> it could be something filthy. Like, I didn't even think of that. Um, that is the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not even bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not quite therapy would be kind of a fun name. That would be a fun name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alcoholic homeschooler would be a good, uh, a <laughs> right. good name. Well, I decided to take a look back at some of our past episodes, and oh, I came geez. up with some names that could yield us a whole stable of, of horses. <laughs> That's what we need. <laughs> That's what we need. How about, how about a horse named Christmas Porn? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be perfect in a race like Christmas Porn coming up the rear? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I quit. I quit. I do fire myself. This is the last episode. But then I was like, well, Christmas porn, that was a real great conversation. I was like, that's not good enough. So instead, I thought we should name our horse something you said to me while we watched Christmas porn. (laughs) While we looked at the thumbnails for Christmas porn, because we did not actually view. My way's funnier. Stop. Okay. Stop. My way's funnier. You said to me, (laughs) as we watched Christmas porn, this horse name. I'll hold it, you watch. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm on fire. Right now, if I had to name a horse, it would be like, it would be called taking my hoodie off because it is getting hot in here and I'm getting uncomfortable. (laughs) I 
him too. I was like, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna make him blush like worse than ever yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be I, I took I took off my glasses. I am a too though. Like I'm a little. <laughs> I'm like I, fogging my glasses is another good horse name. Yeah, there you go. Oh my gosh. My oh my gosh. I figured that you would want to bust me out since I busted out something you said that you would probably want to name the horse. Tell me you're a single man. Yeah, that was going to be the one. That was going to be the one. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I am dying. That is too bad. That is I so thought funny. of uh, conjoined twins. Oh, flashback to episode one. Mm-hmm. Elf on fire. Elf on fire. Black, that's a good bl- one, right? I was going to say blackface elf. Ooh, that's pretty good. I, yeah, like no, that. I mean, it's bad, but it's good. <laughs> DM from your ex. Okay. Okay. How about this one? I like this one. Insecure attachment. Insecure. Oh, that's my attachment type. Or no, one I think of them. I think we were both secure, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. thought the insecure was more fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about let's mo- move to Barbados? There you go. Yeah, there you um, go. Omakase. Omakase. That's a good one. How about p- postnuptial agreement? Oh, that's a good one. I love it. I love it. What if we named our horse Brian had COVID? There you go. <laughs> I do it. That. Yeah, yeah. Then I thought. Canned champagne might be cute. Okay. All right. This one, I think, is going to be one of your favorites, though. Oh, jeez. This is going to be your favorite. Sinbad's Secret. Oh, yes. Do you love it? He still was in that movie. I still say he was. Sinbad's Secret. Sinbad's Secret. But the one that I decided on, so the last one that I came to. Okay. The name that I thought was the perfect name. Okay. Should you and I have a horse. It would be named. Oh no! I can't even look at you while you're about to say this. I don't even know what it's going to be. I'm already purple. It would be pineapple. Oh, that's yeah. And then his middle name would be parentheses is the safe word. Parentheses, <laughs> pineapple is the safe word. Pineapple is the safe word. Yeah. There you go. I there like we it. Go. Yeah, that's. that's I the, like it. Yeah. Oh my gosh! There's like, um, I'd be, you know, if you were naming, if Brian were to be named a horse, he would be like. Fidgeting, I'm f- fidgeting while Chrissy Nervous talks. Nelly. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uncomfortable. Un- <laughs> uncomfortable. Something. Just maybe, just uncomfortable. Uncomfortable eye Plainly contact. Plainly uncomfortable. Avoiding eye contact. <laughs> Avoiding eye contact. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's what it would oh, be. Oh my gosh. I think that was our fastest foreplay ever. That was well, you know, when you're ready, you're ready. I mean, come Let's on. Let's get down and dirty. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy. I think I'm ready now. So you want to get this off your chest? Let's get down and dirty, babe. It is gone off the reservation. A grand slam home run. Today's Down and Dirty is about the future Mm. and what we want from the future. So let's talk first about divorce. It's kind of been the theme of this show, right? Yep. Divorce is a part of our past, right? Yep. But the status divorced with children carries weight really throughout their entire childhood. Yeah, right? yeah. You know? yeah. And even beyond when they're young adults, you know, there's there's a lot, you know, there's need to interact with the people that we were once married to. Yeah. And like if you were divorced with no kids, that's easier. Like I see people who are divorced and they didn't have children and they literally just never talk to each other again. They just yeah. move on and, you know, you take the old crappy couch, I'll move to a different apartment, it's over, you know? Right. Um, but... With kids, there's a plan through high school, right? Yep. We have to sign agreements and whatnot. But then for many years beyond that, there are other things that aren't even necessarily under agreement. So it's 
who's going to pay for college. A lot of it's financial, right? Who's going to pay yeah. for college? Who's going to pay for the wedding? But some of them are personal, too. Like, does she want dad to walk her down the aisle or does she want dad and stepdad, you know, if, if somebody else has become important in their life, you know? So there are concerns. I think that depends on how crappy of a father you are. I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, I know a young woman right now who she really would prefer her stepfather to walk her down the aisle, mm. but she feels like it would be a slap in the face to her biological, uh, her dad, you know? Um, yeah. And so she's, you know, she debated like the halfway walk, you know. Um, Ooh, that's tough. Yeah, but she decided to just let her dad do it. And I think that for some people, especially if you, if the stepdad became part of your life very young, maybe you have seen them very equally. And I mean, I don't think it's a slap in the face of the father if another man is, you know, seen as a father figure in someone's life. Sure. You know. Sure. Um, so, but but I think that. <laughs> There's ripe for feelings to get hurt. It's a problem that mothers don't necessarily face in quite the same way. You know? No, and um, that's I feel like that's 100% between the father and the daughter and how yeah. that relationship mm-hmm. is maintained. Because I, I attended a wedding recently where dad wasn't even invited. Mm-hmm. And so uncle walked down the aisle. Yeah. And, and they've got uh, boy and girl kids who are at various ages. And uh, and this daughter was getting married, and her dad. I said, and I leaned over to who I was sitting next to. I said, "Now, is that her father?" And she said, "No, she, you know, dad's not even here." And I thought, "Oh mm, man, yeah, that's hard." So if you get to that point, like if you don't get invited to your daughter's <laughs> wedding, then you yeah, really, you really, you messed, really up. messed up. You really screwed the pooch in bed way. Yeah. Well, let's talk about our hopes for parenting, like our hopes for our kids in like five years and ten years. You know, like looking oh, a little bit forward. Five years feels like so long, and then it also feels like it the feels blink like, of an it eye. Feels like nothing like, to in five me. years, yeah. my oldest daughter will be two years into college. Yeah. Hypothetically, she'll be twenty, mm-hmm. and that's insane to me. That I'm gonna have a twenty-year-old, and my mm-hmm. youngest will at that point be, you know, a senior in high school, eighteen. Right. And that's insane. Like mm-hmm. I can't. So I hope that they're all just doing what they want to do, and they're and they're living well. I mean, I hope that they're taking steps towards seeing their dreams come true and whatever that in whatever shape that takes. And it's, I mean, I just, as long as they're not working at a strip club or doing meth, I think I'm, (laughs) I'm pretty happy, you know? I think you can dream a little bigger. But, well, um, I mean, my, I don't want to like my, tiger dad my kids and be like, you're going to be a lawyer because no, I, I said so. I don't feel that way either. I feel like my kids at that time will be a senior and a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. And I hope they've hit their stride. I hope they've enjoyed high school. I hope that we are close. Yeah. I hope that they feel comfortable in the direction that they're headed, but they don't feel locked or stuck. I yeah. hope they know that it's okay not to have a lifelong career track plan. Yeah. You know? And I hope they're headed for higher education if that's purposeful for them. You know, like that's however it may point. be. That's such a good point. Because I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine about how they didn't go to college and, and look what they became. They're the successful X, Y, and Z and they didn't mm-hmm. they didn't need college. So they went right. for two years and used none of it and now they got this awesome career. Right. And so like as parents our challenge because we're our kids are in that generation where they're consuming a lot of media mm-hmm. that is rightfully telling them that college really isn't for everybody. Right. So you don't have to go to college to be successful and happy. And like if my kid came to me and said, Dad, I, I don't think I want to go to college. What would my reaction be? Right. Like for my father, we were going to college. We were leaving the town that we grew up in. We were going to college. That is what it was. Um, 
part of like why I did such high levels of education, you know, why I did a PhD program was because my dad always felt like the the level that a parent achieves, their child often exceeds, you know, and that was like a big deal for him. But for me, I think the world is changing so much. I hope that my kids are doing something creative and original. I hope that they're doing something that makes them happy, you know, and I don't, I met it. I met a kid. This kid made an impact on me. This kid came to change out my garbage disposal. He's a plumber, right? Okay. And he's like 22 years old or whatever. And, you know, we're just chatting while he's, you know, changing my garbage disposal out. And he's like, you know, I always wanted to do something with my hands. You know, he's like, I like being active. I like traveling around to different homes and talking to different people. And he's like, I can't imagine had I gone to college and gotten a desk job and done, he, like, he loved being a plumber and right. he was making totally fine money sure. and he was totally happy. Like, why would, like, if he were my child, right. why would I have forced him in any right. other direction or right. track? You know, right. you want them to be self-sustaining. Sure. You want them to be able to have a plan enough that, you know, I, I can't pay for you forever, sucker, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but I don't know. Like, I think it's cool too when kids explore different avenues and different parts of that like and young kids now are way better than we were and certainly far better than our parents were at taking something that they're passionate about and finding a way to make enough income to live off of that sure. you know yeah they're also far less i believe um into having a bunch of stuff these kids travel more they you know yeah. they they live a very like gig culture life i think that the days of Nine to five in an office. I mean, and COVID's changed it somehow, sure. right? You yeah. Know? I think that, you know, we have to evolve with the world's evolution on our children's behalf. Right. You know, like we have to figure out how yeah. to do it. Yeah. In a lot of ways, we're all sort of learning at the same time. And so it's a lot like I've made this al- this analogy, this allergy? No, this <laughs> analogy. It's getting to me. Um, I've, <laughs> you're, you're taking yours down pretty quickly. Shh, shh, don't tell. Um, <laughs> it's just really good. But um we're all sort of changing a car, changing a tire on a car that's going down the highway at 80 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And so we're figuring out how to be parents in this, you know, crazy, you know, decade and this crazy new millennium and all that. And kids are exposed to more stuff. Like my, my oldest is at home right now doing remote school for the end of, until the end of the nine weeks because she was coincidentally exposed to someone with COVID. So she's self quarantining. Right. And so like watching her be, you know, totally self driven and self sufficient and, working her little laptop and organizing her files and just she's being a rock star. And I'm like, at that age, I would have had no, you know, idea how to effectively manage my time right. because I didn't have those skills because they weren't required of me. But here she is just crushing it. So I think that if my kids are to your point to going back to the original question, where do you see your kids in five years? More like where do you hope to see your kids in five years? Mm-hmm. If they are using their natural abilities to to pursue something that they see in the future for them, then I'm happy for it. Right. Because we all know, you and me, I mean, we're in our, you're now 40, you're mm-hmm. in your 40s. We're in our 40s. No, you're not in mm-hmm. your 40s. You're 40 until you're 41, then you're in your 40s. Right. So I'm in my There's 40s, no you're catching up. Um, So it's like, uh, you know, I've changed careers three times. Right. And, and I never would have thought, when I heard that statistic when I was in college, I thought, that's crazy. I will, I'm going to find something and stick to it. Right. And I'm in the same sort of realm of career, but I've changed industries three times significantly. And I think that we are so different than our parents were, at least certainly my parents. My parents, my dad went to this, to a job when he was 18 years old, 
And hmm. he worked at that job for 30 years, and he retired when he was 48 years old. Wow. And that's what he did. Yeah. You know? Um, and I don't know. I, I just think that, like, we weren't like – our generation wasn't like that at all. We were more – I'm not going to stay here and be loyal to this company because we watched those companies screw our parents. You know? Like, yeah. we watched, you know, pensions be taken away. And we yeah. watched, you know, like – Particularly their, for you guys because you're, you're Midwestern, so you had a lot mm-hmm. of that Rust Belt and all yeah, those things. Yeah, we did. We had a lot of, like, factory workers. You yeah. Know? And my parents were factory workers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I watched my mom's – she called it the plant. You know, yeah. The, the plant closed. And, yeah. You know, like – and so that was definitely, you know, I watched my parents, you know, invest in a single place all this time and effort and money and kind of come out of it, I mean, not like destitute or anything, but empty handed at least. Yeah, yeah. not, not with what they thought that yeah. they were earning toward all that time, yeah. you know? Yeah. 10 years from now, I'll have one in college and a new college graduate. Mm. So. Like a young adult, you know, like, yeah. and I think for then I kind of want the same thing. You know, I want, I mean, and this is assuming that the college, like we just talked about all this stuff, but you know, I feel like I just wanted to be on a path that feels good. I don't yeah. care if you've got your dream job. I don't care what you, I, I, I don't, you know, like, I just want you to be headed towards, I just want you to be happy the whole way through, I yeah, guess, you know, yeah, like, yeah. And I remember my parents always saying, what we want for you is that you're happy. And it's so funny now to be a parent and be like, I just want, you know, them to be happy. <laughs> I do. That's what I want. You I know? tell my kids all the time, something that my, and I, the first time I said it, I didn't think about my dad, but as soon as I said it, I said, holy shit, my dad used to say that. Yeah. And that was, he basically, I told my kids, I was like, my son, I said, you will not understand how much I love you until you have kids. And then I said that. I'm going to start crying here. But I I said that and I was like, oh, my God. My dad totally told me that when I was like 13. And it's totally true. I I had no idea. And, um, you know, when I was before I before I had kids, I remember someone told me uh, when my wife was pregnant. (laughs) <laughs> she's coming over to hug me they told me that when my when my wife was pregnant you have no idea what it's going to be like to have a kid and i said yeah yeah i know what you mean and then I, as soon as as soon as they put my kid in my arms i looked at it and i was like wow i really had no idea and that that's just an unbelievable weight and an unbelievable responsibility so yeah it was it was a lot it was a lot Chrissy is is <laughs> hugging me <laughs> because I'm literally crying. But now she's running around the table to get back on the microphone. But um, but yeah, you know, like it's just I don't care what my kids do. I, none, nothing that they do is gonna professionally or educationally or relationally. You know, nothing is gonna make me love them anymore. Right. And nothing they ever do can make me love them any less. Right. So if they're happy, if they're good, then I'm good. You know, and and that's just all there is to it. Aww. <laughs> I'm gonna wipe my face now. Okay, wipe your face. Talk, now. carry the show for a minute. Um, so then I try to think about like, what do I want for my kids like 30 years from now? And I was like, oh, well, they'll God. be in their 40s, and I'll I be like 70, and I guess I won't even care anymore. Right. Like, okay, right. Like, I'm 70. Hopefully, I don't... <laughs> I'll be wrought with Alzheimer's, and I won't know their no, names. No, 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 no. I never want to have Alzheimer's. That's a that's a rough one. But um, yeah, I'm just like I don't know. Like, by the time they're in their 40s, 
I mean, in I'll my... still always want the best for them. Yeah. I'll, I'll hope that they've found some form of purpose. They'll probably have children of their own. Yeah. I'll probably be a grandparent, and I'll be worried about how those kids are going to grow up and right. the status of the world for them and whatever, you know? I, uh, it, I, w- I don't like to. I will not talk about my career on the air in the show since it's irrelevant. But in my profession, I have encountered parents of adult kids who have, you can tell, have been disappointments. And the kids who have stumbled and not picked themselves up and they have mm-hmm. fallen short and they are dragging their parents in their 70s and 80s down. And that's a real bummer. Yeah. So I, my only hope is that I prepare they're them. They're self-sufficient right. and they're, you know, right. good people that you can be proud of. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because well, I'm spending all my money. They're not getting any. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who always says, like, they're sliding in on, like, you know, like, just whatever fumes are left financially and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, as i like, die i want that I last leave them a bunch of stuff like yeah. I, in fact i had a friend who was like i'm like i want to leave my, my parents left me like what in my mind was a significant amount of money for two people that worked in factories their yeah. whole lives yeah now they died way too young they might have burned it up had they gotten to live you know but um they let like it was important to them to leave a legacy, you know, financially to help their children. Yeah. And so I have a friend who I was planning like what I want to do for my children. And they're like, don't do anything for those. Like, you know, they're like, don't do a college fund. They can borrow that. And I'm like, no, (laughs) you got to take care of, just worry about you. And I'm like, well, you know, when you have children, you do worry about them, you know, like, and I mean, it's potential that, you know, I hope my kids don't mess up because they could sink me. Because, like I said, like you said, you know, love them so much. You're yeah. like, oh my god! Like, but there comes a point where you got to. Fi- I hope that I'm never in. Like, I guess this is my hope for my kids that they never put me in a position <laughs> uh, where yes. I have to be the bailout or the right. backup plan. Right. You know. Right. right. Like that would be nice. I, yeah. 100%. If that never happens, wouldn't that be beautiful? Hundred percent. Well, I also want to encourage people to think ahead at their own future, especially if you do have kids, because it's really easy to make all of your goals and all of your planning around your children. And Too easy, yeah. I mean, my dad did. My dad died young, and I truly believe that part of it was that he didn't have personal goals anymore. Yeah. His goals were always his girls. It was three girls through braces, three girls through college, three girls got married. I remember like encouraging him to run for mayor of our small oh, town cool. once. Yeah. He was really smart. He had really cool ideas. And he was like, well, I feel like I would have needed to finish college. And I was like, well, you should go finish college. That's what you should do. And he said, my time for doing was in the past. My job now is to send you to college. Do you know what I mean? Like he never felt like he, he always felt like he was after his girls. Sure. You know what I mean? He was super selfless, but sometimes I worry that because he was so selfless, he lost his sense of self. You know, when you wrap up all your dreams in other people, like your kids, your spouse, your parents, whoever, it doesn't matter who it is. If you put all of your dreams and all of your eggs in someone else's basket, then when those people achieve those things or they don't, you're left with just yourself. Yeah. You know, so. I think that his goal, I, I, I dare not speak for your father, but if I was in his position and had that attitude, it would be because my goal would be. That my kids would have a better life and my I mean, kids and would be better 100% off. It was. And Absolutely. Th- knowing you, and not mm-hmm. just that you would have a better life, that you'd be, that you'd be a better version of your parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing you, I think that's probably true. I, I mean, I think I think so, too. My dad invested in me heavily, you yeah. know? And I hope this isn't out of turn, but my older sister, 
she's 10 years older than me. She never got to live with us. Mm. And she has said before, like, she's very successful. She's sure. smart. She's wonderful. She's raised two beautiful kids. Like, but she's like, I wonder how I would have been if I would have had dad that heavily involved in my life to invest in me in that in a, on a daily you know, basis. Like, yeah. like, she turned out so great, and yeah. she still wonders, could I've been better? This you is know? the one I've met. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. She's amazing. She's yeah. like the best, you know? Um, but. I do think, I mean, that's definitely where he was. But I do encourage people to spend some time thinking about their own dreams, not your hopes for others, your hopes for you. Yeah. And with that in mind. <laughs> where do you see yourself? And <laughs> Go ahead. Brian, where do you see yourself <laughs> in five years, in 10 years, and beyond? Um, what do you think your life's going to look like? Like your career, where do you live, your family, your love life? I, where, where do you want to be headed? I pray that my career is the same. Mm-hmm. Because if my career continues for five years, then then it will have meant I've been successful in that venture, mm-hmm. which would enable me. And you to, like your career? I do. I love yeah. what I do. Mm-hmm. I love what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would just I would love to do it for more people. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm a plumber actually. No, um, <laughs> uh, should have been a plumber. Those guys get you know paid. They really get paid well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, clog your toilet at three in the morning and tell me you don't make a plumber. It gets paid. Um, but yeah. Financially, I mean, I'm sorry. Professionally, I hope I'm doing what I'm doing now, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that I will be. Um, personally, I think that my relationship status is sort of to be determined. I, you know, I would love to be with someone. I would love to. I miss. Um, I think we had this conversation on the Christmas Eve episode that you know I miss certain sort of familial moments mm-hmm. like waking up to a noisy house on Christmas yeah. morning and having the kids all piled up on the fireplace and all this other stuff. You don't pile kids on a fireplace. Kids <laughs> kids piled up on the couch and the fire going, blah, blah, Glass blah. Glass is getting pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> These are delicious. They're really good. I'm on my third one. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I would like to be a part of a nuclear family once again, mm-hmm. even in an extended alternative sort of, you know, modern format, if that's with a, with a uh, you know, a, a woman who would be my kid's stepmom and maybe if she's got kids, I don't know. Um, but um, I would like to be a part of that sort of household again where I'm not the only adult. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, you know, we've talked about would you like to be married again? Yeah, I, I would be. I would like to be married again, too, but I don't think in five years. Like, like no. I think in like the maybe the 10 year plan, yeah. you know, yeah. because I do think about, you know, corresponding with that children part of it, you know, um, 10 years from now, nobody lives with me, you know, I'm, it's just me, you know, and yeah. I would like to hope that 10 years from now, when my children have moved out, you know, and I have free time and I can travel and I can do fun things and, you know, you want somebody to do those things with you. Yeah. And, even if you're not traveling or doing fun things, if you're just sitting around at home, it's nice to have somebody to do that with you. It's nice yeah. to have somebody just to lay on the couch with or, sure. you know, shoot the shit with. And, yeah. you know, like, so I definitely think that, you know, in five years, I think I would be foolish to say that I could meet somebody and be like, you know, head over heels and ridiculous. But I would like to hope that I'm smart enough to 
date longer than, I mean, I'm not a college student. A lot of college yeah. kids, you know, you date for a year and a half or two years. Exactly. Yeah. Both of us have to raise our hand. <laughs> you date for a little window of time. You get married. You know, you're like, well, this is going to be great. You stick it out. I would rather know someone better. I would rather have a slower relationship, I think. I think like within the next five years, it'd be wonderful to find someone that, you know, we spend time together a few times a week, maybe for a year or two, you know, like then yeah. we start thinking about if we'd like to live together and what that would look like. I definitely think that I would probably live with someone before I would marry someone, you know, in a, in a big way and yeah, see, I, see I how think, that feels yeah. and see how that works yeah, and get them, see how the yeah. families merge and see how, yeah. you know, and, and I don't know, I kind of, I like the idea of being with someone who also has kids like to me you get bonus kids you know like like i like my kids a lot they're really cool you know and so (laughs) i don't have a problem with that actually i've dated a couple people who don't have kids and i almost feel like like a pressure with that like like i'm never giving you more kids if you ever wanted any that were biologically yours that's not going to be a thing yeah you know so And I, I don't know. I just going back like, to closing the factory, closing the plant. Yeah, it's closed. The plant is closed. Yeah, the plant is closed. Um, I mean, it's not impossible, like physically, but it's totally impossible mentally. Like yeah. I, I, I don't want to to do yeah. that. Yeah. And there was a time that I would have loved to have a third child, like with everything in my soul. And when that window closed, like I really do believe in the biological clock thing. When mine shut down, I was like, all right, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're good. These two are pretty solid. You know, let's, right. let's just hang in there. You yeah. know, um, I don't think I would be a ge- like if I met somebody and I was, you know, like crazy about this person and they were like, I really wanted a child. I might consider like adoption. Sure. Or I might I've consider, you know, yeah. Like, but I don't think I'd want to adopt like a new baby necessarily. You know, yeah. like now I'm in that like. My daughter is 13, so we've got maybe 10 or 15 years before she may have a baby. Yeah. I can wait that long yeah. <laughs> to get a part-timer. I, yeah. I would. I had this thought while you were talking, as I tend to zone out while you talk sometimes, and you do the same to me, maybe. I don't really zone out, Chrissy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But the thought, the form, the formulated thought I'm about to express is what came to me while you were speaking, because I feel like it expresses perfectly what we're both sort of saying. Do you know what I enjoy? When I'm wrong? No, I enjoy when you think that I'm angry and I just stay quiet and then you just start to talk a lot and you get really like, I, you just you try s- to you try to spiral listen, yourself out of it. Very few people can spin me down the spiral <laughs> faster than you can with luck. You're doing it right now. Okay, I'm going to talk. So <laughs> You get so red. It's okay. I, uh, I would like to spend the next half chapter to chapter of my life figuring out the person I want to be with when I write the rest of the book mm-hmm. because I feel like we're middle-aged. I am anyway. You're a couple of years behind me, but you know, I've got half my life left to live. And so I hopefully. would hopefully, right. Uh, you know, shit happens, right. but I would like to, I would like to live the rest of my life with someone who, uh, you know, of my choosing that is a good match. Yeah. And I, and, and if, and if that takes a couple of swings, if I have to, you know, if it takes five years or ten years, you know, by the ten-year mark, going back to your original time frame question, in ten years, I would like to be confident that I'm with that person. Yeah, I would too. I really feel like, you know, ten years from now, 
when the kids are big and everything, and it's just you, and, you know, they come home for holidays or whatever, I want a companion who is just the fun, right person for right. me. You know, right. just like, and whatever that looks like, because like, things morph and change when you find the right person. Like, yeah. You may think... I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to travel the world and I'm going to live in a different city every year. And maybe that is my answer if I don't find that person, you know, then maybe you travel the world and you're looking for them. You know what I mean? But right. but if you find that person and you're like, you know what, like goals change. I know so many people like 10 years older than me, let's see, 50, um, somewhere between 50 and like 56 years old. You know what they love to do? Like they love to play with their grandbabies and, yeah. you know, like go to brunch with the same six girlfriends every Wednesday morning. And and I don't have a problem with a life like that either. And, you know, get on a plane three times a year and go do a fun trip or once a year and do a fun trip. You know, like, so, like, I think that it's going to really change, like, finding the right person, like the person whose company I enjoy more than whatever you know, flavor of the month. Yeah. More than whatever, um, fun I had set for myself. Like sure. I would rather stay home with you and lay on this couch than be by myself in Cancun, Mexico in the sun. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I think that finding that is like the ultimate, the ultimate goal is something sure. that you really freaking enjoy. You know, you know? I, and I look at my, um, my mom in particular, her husband, um, they've been together since I was in college, which is 20 year plus years now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they are that for each other and it's awesome. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, it, it's encouraging. And yeah. my mom is a pain in the ass. And my, <laughs> and my stepdad, her husband is, is a, a maestro at dealing with her pain in the acidness. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think. And he's a pain in the ass if, and she deals with it right. well too. You know? I think that when you find someone who is unfazed by your quirks and flaws, hold on to them, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like when, the, when they, you know, are like, you know, like, yeah, I totally can see that you're a huge pain in the ass. Like I'm, I'm aware <laughs> <laughs> of who you are, but I love you anyways, right. you know? And I think that that is, you know, that's pretty cool. That's, that's a pretty special thing. And yeah. I think that, you know, at this stage in my life and I, presume you feel this way too i know myself better and what i want better like my poor ex-husband could have never like we we just weren't going to work like we we don't have the same like without kids to focus on we didn't have a lot we didn't have a lot like necessarily in common we didn't have a lot like it was either work goals or child rearing goals and that's what was our glue, you know? And yeah. when you're not working anymore and your kids are grown up, I want to be with someone that I look at and I'm like, how fun that I just get to be with you now. Well, and there's you know? a lot of, there's a fair number of people who struggle through those years. Right. Unhappy, staying together basically because they have kids and mm-hmm. then get divorced when they're 50 and the kids move out. Exactly. And then I don't think that's very nice for their kids either because now their kids are like young adults struggling with, well, you know. Like, it was my whole childhood a lie and mom right, and dad never exactly. loved each other. And they and never even, yeah. yeah. And I've seen plenty of marriages like that and those marriages make me, re- like those make me really sad when you know that they're just, what do you want me to do with that? I want you to pour half your drink in my glass because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can. Hold on. 
<laughs> I've got more more cranberry juice. I need zero more vodka though. <laughs> Boy, chug a lug. Look at you go, Chrissy. Chrissy. I was not chugging. Okay. It was just it was buried Ex- under. You there. were extended sipping. Oh, there you go. That's fine. That's fine. Perfect. Look at that. Oh, now I have no ice. <laughs> it's still cold. What's the next question? She's dropping lemons in my glass. You guys, there's a lot going on right now. John is going to be freaking furious with us. No, he, he loves all, this. Is all you staying in. You know what, John? You shouldn't have left. The la- oh, right. Shouldn't have left. I looked at him right we're, there. We're, we're both, we're both looking, at looking at him. At his empty John, chair. we're looking at your empty chair. Sorry, John. Bobby Brown, you shouldn't have left either. Sorry, not sorry. Bobby Brown's an unpaid intern, isn't he? So Bobby Brown holds no responsibility to our situation. Bobby Brown should have stayed. Shout out to Bobby Brown. He launched his podcast today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go search for The Writer's Block with Bobby Bobby Brown Brown Jr. Jr. So search for that wherever you get your podcast. He's a stand-up comedian. He's a cool guy. Yeah. And uh, it sounds dope. It's a real sweetheart. Did you say it sounds dope? Yeah, it sounds dope. That's with the kids. Listen, I'm I'm dressed like a kid. You are. You are. Just keep it on the rails. (laughs) Off the rails would be another horse name. That's a really good one. That might be my favorite. All right. No pineapple, still my favorite. What's next? <laughs> Rain it in. Rain, Rain it in would be another one. Of course, the horse puns are everywhere. Oh, it's everywhere. Oh man, it's a very, it's a very horsey day. I'm really, um, I'm really gilding the lily. Wow, this is the worst show we've ever done. <laughs> Friend dead. He's gonna fall out of his chair. This is the worst episode we've ever done. That's a lie. This is the best episode we've ever done. <laughs> For us, yes. <laughs> for our listeners, this is a shit show. A hundred percent of this is staying in, and they're going to love every second of it. <clears throat> um, okay, so we talked about five years. We breezed into ten years. What about like when you're an oldie, when you're looking back on your life, Brian? So Brian's an old man. Brian's on his deathbed. Brian's already Poor old Brian. Man. Poor Brian. But when Brian looks back at his life, ooh, this got heavier. This wasn't even written down, but this is where I went. Um <laughs> What do you What do you want to look back and like? What are you going to be proud of, or what What, what are your regrets going to be, and how are you going to avoid those regrets? I um by thinking about them now. Yeah, I that la- the last scene of Saving Private Ryan when he's in the cemetery in Normandy and he's leaning over the grave of who we come to find out is Tom Hanks's character. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Saving Private Ryan, spoiler alert. I but so really. Yeah, I think we've talked about this, actually. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, go watch it. I think there's a horse named Saving Private Ryan. Probably so. Saving Ryan's Privates would be a, a porn <laughs> version of that. Always a porn version. But um, So he's leaning over the grave of the guy that basically charged into Normandy to save him because Private Ryan lost his brothers in the war, blah, blah, blah. So he's leaning over this grave, and he understands that he's alive because this man basically came to save him mm-hmm. and got him out of where they were and protected him. And his the the Tom Hanks character died in the last scene of the movie, and Matt Damon's character lives, and she's crunching ice, and um, and he says he you know he starts to cry, and he tells his presumably his wife and or his daughters kids sons whatever he says you know tell, oh God tell me I tell me I've been a good man or something like that he he just wants to know. Doesn't matter what the kids have done. Doesn't matter. Just tell me that I've been a good man, mm-hmm. and I think I'm going to get that quote right. And then, um, b- b- just before Tom Hanks dies, he looks at Matt Damon's character and says, "Earn it." <clears throat> and so, when I get to that age, I just hope that I can look back and people will think that I have been a good man. 
Mm-hmm. And whatever shape my life takes or my kid's life takes, if I can live honorably, as honorably as possible, um, you know, that that would have been successful. Um, I, you know, rocking chair, beach, mountains, you know, alone with a wife, with grandkids, without grandkids, all of that is to be determined. But if I have been an honorable guy and, um, and, and, um, you know, ethical and professional and those things that lead me to hopefully a happy retirement, then I'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that all of us want to just live in a way, uh, um, one of my friends says, I, I'm going to get the quote wrong, whereas you got yours right, but it's something like the best gift is um, to be someone to be missed. You know, like, like all I want is to be someone good enough that people give a shit that I was there. You know, like I always felt like my grandma was a person who um, she was such a part of my heart that like, most people don't know her name. She died when I was like eight years old, you know, but she shaped me to be better. And so if I can leave in someone else, just something, just some little goodness that they carry into their life that they take forward, you know, then I feel like I was pretty successful. I feel like that was pretty cool. If you inspire someone, if you like help set their trajectory, yeah. whether that's your kids or like someone peripheral even, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think that's really neat. Yeah. You know? I think that... I don't, I don't need to leave like a big legacy with my name on it. Sure. You know, like yeah. a big, well, look, it's the, it's the Chrissy, you know, library. Uh, like, sure. The, I don't need that. But I just want to know that, you know, the people who matter to me, that I mattered back. Right. You know? Right. That's pretty much it, right? Yeah. We hope. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We're just sort of, parentally, we're sort of just, pulling back the bow right and shooting our arrows off into the future into the direction right. we hope mm-hmm. is the right way and yeah you know hopefully they find their find their find their way i would like to be able to be a part of solutions to current problems that make it a more walkable path for future people like i do think that there's that i do think that that's a heavy responsibility though it is I mean, it is like, a heavy responsibility but and i don't think that i but can, it's an awesome I don't think goal that i can yeah. change it i don't think that i can do it by myself right right, right, right. but i think <clears throat> i would like to show that i took steps yeah you know to give a shit about more than myself yeah and to give a shit about the you know, like because like when i when i did that big hike you know people have been walking that route for hundreds of years, 600 years, 800 years, they've been walking that route. And the reason that the route even exists is because people continue to walk it, you know? Yeah. So you walk forward and you know somebody's coming up behind you. Like somebody's yeah. going to show up who also needs this route or also needs, you know, to, to go. Like you're not going to ever, like you're not solely responsible for maintaining the route, you yeah. know? But yeah. You got to like just setting people on the right course. And I think it's the coolest thing ever to know how many people came before you and how many people are going to follow you that, you know, I think, I think that's the coolest part. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty much it, Brian. I don't have anything else. Well, dang. What are you going to do? We're we're ending. It's going to be over. We're both out of liquor. We're out of liquor. (laughs) As you chug down the very bottom of the glass I gave you. Mm. That's a beautiful ending to the show. It's been so much fun. <clears throat> it has been fun. I've loved doing this show with you. Me too. Yeah. This is, I recommend. Listen, if you've got an, if you've got a friend that you want to get to know better, do a podcast. Just do a podcast. <laughs> you, you, it's like 
forced intimacy <laughs> it really is. of the highest yeah. order, yeah. which just became my new favorite horse name. <laughs> forced, forced intimacy. intimacy. God, that sounds so bad. <laughs> yeah, that sounds bad. Oh, but we know how I meant it. Or did you? I don't know. <laughs> He's blushing again. Until next time. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Would anyone like a tissue? I'm fine. We're fine. Everything Everything is is fine. fine. Got a question for Chrissy and Brian? Connect with Not Quite Therapy on Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out How to Do Life, too, on all these platforms and on the podcast app of your choice. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy? That was kind of fun. I think I need another drink. Phew, those two are special. (laughs) 